All right, good morning, everybody. Great to see you in the house. You glad to be in the house today? Man, uh, yeah, absolutely, man, me too. Hey, get your Bible out. Open it up to Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to be today. Matthew chapter 28 uh, is where we're going to be landing today. While you're turning there, let me just ask you a really important question, okay? Zero in here, a really important question, and that is, are you healthy spiritually? Are you healthy spiritually? You know, it's an important question, but it's a question that many times is hard to identify, right? It's hard to, to know if I'm healthy spiritually. If I were to ask you, are you healthy physically, you could figure that out, right? You could go to the doctor and you could have a physical done. You could do some blood work. They could do a stress test. They could, they could, they could, weigh you and do all this kind of stuff. They could do some scans and they could say, yeah, you're, this is where you are in your physical health. And here's some things you could do to even be healthier, to grow in your physical health. They could say you could be more active, that you could work out more, you could stop going to Whataburger. Right? Just to start, you know, just start going to, stop going to Whataburger, whatever that is. That could help you grow physically. If I said, are you healthy financially? You could probably figure that out. You could have a, a wealth management guy come or a lady come and assess your debt, assess your income, assess your investments, and they could maybe even give you a growth plan for how to grow financially. If I ask you, are you healthy in your marriage? You could probably go to a marriage therapist. They could do a good job, do some assessments on how you handle conflict or how you communicate well, and even give you some steps on how to be healthier in your marriage. But if I ask you, are you healthy spiritually? Well, how do you answer that? What, what do you do to assess? Some of you may, may overestimate your spiritual health and go, man, I'm great when, when you're really not so great. Or maybe you may underestimate your spiritual health and think I'm terrible when actually God's doing some really great things in your life. How do you know? And, and how would you grow forward in your walk with God? It's a really important question, and a lot of people get stuck on it. You know, Jesus wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to become more and more like him. That's God's program he's got you on. In Romans 8, 29, God predestined you to become conformed to the likeness of his son. He wants you to look more and more and more like Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul prayed for, uh, for the Ephesian uh, leaders, Ephesian uh, believers there in Ephesians 4.13. He prayed that they would be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You get that? In other words, you want to, he wants you to grow that way. That's what God wants in your life. But many times we don't grow that way. Many times we get stuck. Many times we stall out in our own walk with God. I've got this chunk of land, I say land, it's not very big, in my backyard. It's just a chunk of my backyard. And it, 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 it is like the Bermuda Triangle of anything that wants to grow there. I mean, everything dies. I mean, it is right now a, just dirt, just dirt. I, I've, I've cultivated it, I, I've sodded it, I've watered it, I've, I've fertilized it, but it dies. Everything dies there. And I think it's a combination of maybe some pine needles that fall on it, uh, the shade from the house, and a dog running back and forth on all that. I think all those work together to kill anything that grows there. Now, you may have some spots like that in your own spiritual life. You haven't seen a lot of life there. Maybe, maybe you feel stuck. Maybe there's some, some pine needles. Maybe there's some shade. Maybe there's some things happening in your life that are really 
constricting your spiritual growth. I want to talk about that today. And how can you grow spiritually? This is going to be a very practical message, a very pragmatic message to help you identify where you are and what is your next step in your own spiritual growth. And so that we find this in Matthew 28. Now let me just kind of set the stage here for you. This is a very common passage. This, uh, what we're about to read takes place after Jesus has died on the cross, after his resurrection, after several appearances that he's already made to the disciples, he meets with them in Galilee. And he's going to give them kind of his, their, his, his final charge, their, their last marching orders, if you will. But embedded in this is his process for your spiritual growth. And you may have overlooked it. So I want to look at it again. So let's check it out. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, this is the word of God. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember... Some versions say, and behold, love that. I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, you might write in the margin of your Bible right next to that passage uh, the words Great Commission. This is what Christians often call the Great Commission passage, okay? And it's that Jesus is commissioning them out. He's commissioning them to accomplish the work that he has for them to do. But there is one verb in this in this passage, okay, there's one key verb in the Greek, and that verb is in two words in English, make disciples, right? So just put a box around those two words there in your Bible, make disciples. That is the verb, that's the main action. Uh, they call it the divine imperative, all right? It is a command, it is an imperative, it is an action, what we should do, and that is to make disciples. Now, what is a disciple? Well, in a very simplified definition of a disciple, someone who knows and follows Jesus. We say here, our goal, our mission is to lead every generation to know and follow Jesus. Every generation we want to make disciples that make disciples of Jesus Christ. We want everyone to grow into maturity. That's what God has for you, right? To grow into maturity, to be like Christ. But how do you get there? I mean, you just get there by listening to sermons? I mean, what do you do? How do you get from point A to point B and really become the mature follower that Jesus wants you to be? Well, embedded in this passage are four stages of spiritual growth. Four stages of spiritual growth. Now, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what I'm going to unpack for you today. But here's what I want you to understand. You are in one of these stages. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, you are in one of these stages. Here, what I want you to do is to try to self-diagnose what stage am I in and what's keeping me from moving to the next stage, okay? What stage am I in and what's keeping me from moving into the next stage? Are you ready to do this? You ready to get into it? All right, here we go. All right, write this first thought down. The first stage is what we call the explore stage. And that's what this first chair is here. The explore stage. All right, this is when a person is exploring the gospel for the very first time. They're exploring Jesus 
for the very first time. And Jesus mentions this explore stage in, in these first few, few verses. Look at what he says. Go make disciples of all nations. Go is the key word. All right, so when someone is exploring, what do they need? They need someone to go to them and, and explain to them who Jesus is. That's what they need. They're in the explore stage. They need someone to go to them and share the gospel with them. If you're a Christian today, somebody made a decision to go. Somebody came to you. Somebody explained the gospel to you. And so people in this explore stage, they desperately need somebody to go to them and help them understand who Jesus is. This is why in John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, just as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Got that? So just as the Father sent Jesus out of heaven to come to earth to reveal the Father, he said in the same way now, I am dispatching you, I am sending you to go to those that do not know Christ around you and, and, and share with them the hope of the gospel. It all begins uh, with go. I remember hearing one evangelist say, you can't spell gospel without first spelling go. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, I think about this with, uh, with Brad and Eddie. Brad and Eddie work together down the south part of Texas. They're both in the construction business. And uh, they struck up a friendship when Brad moved back up to this area and started attending this church, uh, Eddie soon followed him moving back up to this area as well. And they reconnected in the business world. Brad and Eddie had this friendship. Brad, of course, loved the Lord Jesus. Eddie didn't know Jesus. And in their conversations, Eddie would really open up about just some pain in his past, some hurt that he's had to walk through. And Brad really was concerned for his spiritual condition. But he wasn't really sure how to help Eddie know who Jesus is. And so they decided to do a Bible study. We have this little thing called the Explore Study that we produce here. And he took that little Explore Study and they decided to study through the Gospel of John. It's just a 21-day study. And so they started meeting for lunch and going through the Gospel of John and, and answering these questions about who Jesus is. And every time they would meet, Brad could see Eddie's heart opening up and opening up. Finally, one afternoon, they were coming back from lunch, back from a study. They were in the truck, headed to the work site. And Brad looked at Eddie and he said, Eddie, don't you think it's time that you give your life to Christ? And Eddie said, yeah, I think it's time. And Brad quickly pulled the truck over into the closest parking lot, put it in park. And right there, Eddie prayed to receive Christ in that pickup truck. Now, listen. Eddie was in the explore seat. He was in the explore chair. Now, what, what does someone need that's in the explore chair? Well, they need a Christian who cares for them, a Christian that knows them. Brad knew him. Brad cultivated that relationship with him. He cared about him. So everyone here needs a, a Christian that cares for them and builds that relationship. They also need someone to explain the gospel to them. Some of them that will explain what is the gospel and how can they be saved in a very clear way. Maybe sharing their own testimony and then this is how you can know Jesus like I have. They also need someone to help them find answers to their spiritual questions. 1 Peter 3 says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. In other words, there, there's some people that just, they have questions and they need someone to give a reasonable answer for them. 
Now, you may say, well, Craig, see, that's my problem. See, I, I don't have all the answers. And so I, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm going to get into this conversation. They're going to ask me some question I don't know. And then, then I'm going to not know, right? And then I don't know what I'm going to do then because I don't know, right? And uh, so I'm going to give you a magical sentence, all right? Write this down. Craig's giving a magical sentence. When somebody asks you a question that you don't know, this is what you say. That's a great question. <laughs> and I don't know the answer. Let's find out together. There it is. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Did, did Adam have a navel? I don't know. You know? Let's find out together. I mean, whatever question it may be. But what you do is then you say, let's work on this together and let's work on finding answers. And you actually show them how to find answers to their spiritual questions. All right? Now listen, you may be in the explore chair today. You may be here today and you're like, you know what? I grew up in church. I've been very religious. I believe in God. But I don't know that I've ever truly given my life to Christ in a life-changing way. You're, you're here in the explore chair. Or maybe you did not grow up in church and you have a real issue with church and church people and you have a lot of church hurt and you've got a lot of questions, a lot of doubts and a lot of struggles. That's okay too. You're in the explore chair. And here's what I would say. If you and I were just sitting across the table at a coffee shop, I would say this. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said these words, seek the Lord while he may be found. In other words, right now, if God's stirring your heart, if you want to know him, if, if there's something in you that desires to know God, that's God drawing you and wooing you. Seek him now. The one thing that keeps people stuck in this chair, it, jot this down, is a calloused heart. A calloused heart gets you stuck right here. You know, if, if you just harden your heart, if God begins to move in your heart and you, you got a desire to, to know God or to turn from your sin or to believe in Jesus and then you harden your heart up, you go, no, no, I'm not going to do that now. No, I won't, I'll do it later or, or maybe that's good for you but not for me. You're hardening your heart. The book of Hebrews warns us today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So a calloused heart can keep you from knowing Christ and can, can keep you from all that God has for you, right? So the first stage is the explore stage. Everybody say explore, explore, all right? Now the second stage is what we call the connect stage, right? The connect stage. Now look, at, look back at, at your Bible here. What does he say? Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to circle the word baptizing there. When you think of baptism, I want you to think of two things. Identity and inclusion. Identity and inclusion. When you're baptized, when you see somebody baptized, right? We get them in this tank, and they go under the water, and they come up out of the water, and everybody celebrates. What are they doing? They're identifying publicly with Jesus. We believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, rose again from the dead. I believe that because of Jesus, I will one day die, but I will rise again because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. I am publicly identifying with Jesus. You go on the mission field to very hostile places, and the minute someone is baptized, they've identified publicly with Jesus. They're written right off, right? They're identifying with Jesus. That's why we celebrate baptism here. That's why we cheer and go crazy because we celebrate their identity. But it also means this, inclusion. As you're being baptized, it, it's, it's a way to say that now you're a part of this family. You're a part of this faith family. You're a part of our church. That's why we baptize where a lot of people can see. 
because it's an inclusion into the body of Christ. It's a part of being in a local faith family. It's a part of being a part of a fellowship, okay? And when you're a part of this fellowship, you've got to connect there. You're connecting with Christ. You're connecting with this fellowship. In fact, did you know that when Jesus was training his men and he got them to this stage right here, to the connect stage, he made sure that they had three key connections, three vital key connections. The first one, connected to Christ. That is that they give their life to him publicly. Number two, that they connect in community. That is, in a group-like experience where they're really knowing and loving. They're part of a faith family. And number three, that they're connected with a cause. That they're connected in serving. Right? All that is entailed in this connect phase. Now, listen to me very carefully. When I talk about baptism, and I say, hey, if you raise your hand, you need to be baptized. Hey, come on, we're going to have a baptism day. Come and be baptized. Have you ever heard me say that? When I say that, that's really important. When I, when I preach for two months on connect groups, y'all are like, yeah, Craig, I know. You've been preaching for two months on connect groups. That's say you got to get in a group, got to get in a group, got to get in a group. Uh, that's important. When I say, hey, if you haven't joined this church and you want to be a part of this church family, what we're doing and how God's using us around the world, that go, to a, go to a Discover First class and you can figure that out. That's important. Right? When I say, hey, you need, you need to serve in some way. You get out in the community. We need 200 people in this community event or we need 300 at this community event. That's important. Listen, when I say those things, I'm not saying them for my benefit. I'm saying them for your benefit. We're not saying this so that the church will grow. I'm saying this so that you will grow. Because if you don't do those things, if you know you should be baptized and you say no, I, I know I should get in a group, but I say no. I, I know I should serve, but I say no. I know I should be a part of a church family, but I say no. If I resist in this area, you will not grow in your walk with God. It will stunt your spiritual growth. I have seen this over and over and over and over and over again. So I, I'm begging you, I mean, as your pastor that loves you, why would you not want to do what God wants you to do? Why? So if you are here and you haven't been baptized, then by all means, be baptized. What a great joy, right? If you haven't joined, then join. If you're not in a group, then get in a group. If you're not serving, then start to serve. But you have to make those decisions to do so. And that decision will determine if you're going to grow or if you're going to get stuck. Now listen to me. I think about Chris that we recently baptized um, about four, four weeks ago, maybe. And he had his whole family around him. And we baptized him. And everybody celebrated and cheered when we baptized him. I'll just give you a little progress report on Chris. Uh, not only has he nailed down his walk with Jesus, you know, he knows Christ and he's been baptized. But uh, he's joined the church and he and his wife are in a connect group. And now he's in, in community with other guys in our church that are pouring into his life. And he's just starting to really uh, start to serve in our worship ministry. And God's doing some great things in life. Uh, listen, that's how it should happen. He is doing everything he needs to, to grow spiritually. And he is going to grow. He is growing even now. He didn't say no to God. Now listen to me. There's some people, they do all that. Let's say, man, you say, okay, Craig, I've done all that. I, I, I joined the church. I'm in a group. I'm growing. I'm serving. When is great. 
you can get stuck in this chair. You can get stuck here. In fact, a lot of Christians get stuck right here. This is kind of where they stop, all right? They get stuck right here, and they don't move forward. And, and here's, let me tell you what will keep you stuck here. If a calloused heart will keep you here, let me tell you what will keep you stuck in chair two, and that is comfort. Because once you find that group, and once you join that church, and once you kind of volunteer a little bit, uh, ooh, this feels so good right here. I mean, I, I love it. I love coming to worship. I love receiving. I love people caring for me. I love the, the community. I love all this stuff. And I'm feeling really good right here. And so I get so comfortable, I don't want to do anything else. And I don't move forward. It's kind of like that teenager that lives at home. They got it good. Man, they got it so good. They have no idea how good they have it. They, they don't have to pay rent. Uh, they don't have to worry about the electric bill. They, uh, they get their mom making them uh, meals and doing their laundry. They got it good. But listen, you don't want that teenager staying in your house when they're 45 like that. Right? He's got to get out. He's got to get uncomfortable in order to grow. And the same thing is true in your life. If you're unwilling to be uncomfortable in this next stage, you will never grow. In order to grow, you must Move outside your comfort zone. And some of you are stuck right here. You're loving this, but you have not moved to the next stage. And comfort is holding you back. You say, well, what is the next stage? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. The next stage is what we call the grow stage. Or you could call it the grow up stage if you want to. The grow stage, look at what it says in Matthew 28. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing, now look what he says, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded. Now circle the word observe. Some versions say obey. I like that word even better, right? Teaching them to obey. You know, our focus has always been on teaching here, teaching them to obey, when it's really teaching them to obey, right? The emphasis is in obedience, not on teaching. Let's face it, we all know more than we do. Would you agree with that? We all know more than we do. Uh, we, we know a lot. We've had a lot of teachers. Some of y'all have had some of the best teaching ever, all right? I was waiting for an amen, but uh, anyway. Uh, some of y'all have had some awesome uh, teaching. You know, you got through a lot of Bible studies. You logged in hours of teaching, but actually putting it into work in your life is a different story. We, know, we understand prayer, but do we pray? We understand generosity, but do we, are we generous? We understand forgiveness, but do we actually forgive. See, that's, that's the disconnect between here and here, between your head and your heart, about knowing and actually doing. And so this stage is about actually helping you do it. Jesus said, take these new believers that have been exploring me, have come to faith, and now they're in a faith community, and now they're beginning to grow. Now you take them and you teach them to obey me. Teach them to bring this down into their daily life. Teach them how to do these things that I've commanded them to. A lot of people know they should pray. They don't know how to pray. They know they should share their faith. They don't know how to do it, though. They, they know they should, but don't know how. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations like that. And in chair three, you're learning how. In fact, I want you to think about this chair right here as the training phase. This is the training, equipping phase of your spiritual growth. And in training, you need two things. You need increased commitment and increased accountability. That we, that's what you need right here. If you're going to train, just think about it. Anything you're going to train to do, you have to raise your commitment and raise your accountability. If you're going to 
run a marathon, you're going you're to have to increase your commitment to running, and you're going to have to increase your accountability. Any athlete understands this. Any soldier understands this. He has to be committed to the mission and to his superior officer. That's how training works. And if you're going to grow in your faith in Jesus, if you're going to grow into Christ's likeness, you have to pass through this training phase. Now, training phase happens practically in what we would call a disciple-making relationship. A discipling relationship where somebody takes you aside and shows you how to do these things that Jesus has commanded you to do in practical, helpful ways with accountability, all right, so that you actually do it, so you learn to obey it. You know, we have, in this stage, we have at our church a tool called the Grow Series. Some of you have been through the Grow Series. The Grow Series actually teaches you and trains you how to walk with God in a very practical way. It teaches you how to reach your world and share your faith and have spiritual conversations. It actually trains you how to invest in someone else. And so you can actually be trained in this church, you can actually be trained how to walk with God, reach your world, and invest in a few in a very powerful way with increased commitment and accountability. That's what's happening right here. And some of you have done that, and some of you have had an opportunity, and you said no. But that is your next step, training. Now, let me say this. There are actually some people, believe it or not, you're not, you're not going to believe this. They, some people actually get in this chair, and they get stuck here. In other words, they were exploring, uh, they came to faith in Jesus, they got in a group, they joined the church, they started uh, developing community, and, and hungry after God's word, and that's going, and then somebody pulled them aside and said, hey, I'd, you want to go through this study together, and they, they start going through the growth series, and they start learning how to do all this, and applying it to their life, they're doing awesome, and then they get stuck right here. They never move to the next chair. And I've often wondered why. How could they receive someone's investment like that? How could they be trained and not ever act on that training? And I think the, the barrier here is cost. Because it's going to cost you something to do that. To go to the next stage, it's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost a lot, a lot of energy. It's going to cost some effort on your part. And some people go, you know, I'm just, I'm just not really... I don't know, I think I'm, I'm ready for that cost. So what is the next stage? The first one is explore. The second one is connect. The third one is grow. Then this fourth one is what we call the multiply stage. The multiply stage. Look at what he said. He said, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded. Now, what did he just command them? What did you put a box around earlier in the message, right? The two words, make disciples, right? Make disciples is the command of Jesus. So he said, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So in this seat, you're actually making disciples. You're investing in someone else, right? You're pouring your life and training into somebody else to help them begin to grow. And you're maybe going back and and leading someone to Christ in the explore stage and you're helping them get connected and then you're helping them grow and you're getting to where they can multiply. That's what the multiplication stage is all about. It's helping someone else. It's investing in someone else. And that is the privilege and the responsibility of every Christian. It is the privilege and the responsibility of every Christian, 
right? Jesus said in John, check this out, John 15, 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is one of the, the brands, one of the marks of a disciple is they're producing other disciples. One of the evidences that glorifies God that you're truly a disciple is that you're investing in others and discipling others. This is what Jesus said. So this, this, this multiply stage, it's not just for pastors that get paid full time to do that. It's not just for missionaries that do it overseas. It's not just for church planters. It, it is not just for uh, this really super spiritual person. This is the normal Christian life. <laughs> this is the normal Christian. This is what every person should be. Every person, the end goal is to be like Christ, which means you're investing in others just like Jesus invested in others. Right? You see, without multiplication, there's no movement. Without multiplication, there will be no gospel to the next generation. And so it all comes to here, to you being a multiplier, our church being a multiplying church. This is why we plant churches, because we believe in the spiritual stage of multiplication as a church as well as uh, individuals. And folks, this is where the joy is. This is where the joy is. First Thessalonians, check this out. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. For this is, for what is our hope and our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord when he comes? Is it not you? In other words, it's you're, the, you're my joy and you're, you're my delight. When Jesus comes, you're the reason why I did what I did. Listen, what keeps me still going in ministry is not preaching. It's not leading. What keeps me in the game is there are a couple of guys I meet with that I'm investing my life in. And I'm going to watch and see them lead others and invest their lives in others and, and those people lead others and invest their lives in others. And there's a movement that is happening there that glorifies God and, and takes the gospel to the nations. That's where the joy is. That's where, the, that's where the joy in life is. You know, Molly uh, came to our youth group, um, uh, I think uh, six months ago, maybe nine months ago, something like that. And uh, she grew up in a Christian home, had given her life to Christ, goes to Christian school. So she actually joined uh, our, our group and our, our family joined our church. And, and, and automatically she was like, man, I just want to grow. I just have this desire to really grow spiritually. And so Kristen, one of our youth workers said, hey, I'm starting a grow group. I'd love for you to be a part of it. She said, I'd, I'd love to. I mean, she jumped at the chance to be a part of this grow group. And man, in that grow group, man, she embraced uh, accountability. She embraced this uh, challenge to raise her commitment level. And she began to grow and grow and grow and hunger for God's word and love for the Lord and desire for her lost friends. And even in the midst of her grow group, she was like, I can't just sit here and take all this in. Surely God wants me to do something. And, and Johnny, our, our student pastor, said, well, you know, we do have a need for someone to lead a group on Wednesday nights for your age group, your own peers. And she said, yes, that's what I want to do. And so this Wednesday night, you can find her over in the student section, huddled up with a group of girls that are her own peers as she invests her life in them. Molly has figured out what most Christians never quite figure out, that the real joy in life is not in what you receive, it's in what you give. The real happiness in life is not taking, but it's in investing.
So, where are you? These are the four stages of spiritual growth, and every one of you is at one stage. Where are you right now? Um, see, you've got to identify where you are and then take a step toward, toward Jesus and toward growth. Don't stall out. Don't give in. Don't hold back. You know, Jesus makes a promise here that I think is super important. He says this, and remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That along this pathway, wherever, whatever stage you are in, Jesus is there with you. He cares for you. You're not alone. But he loves you too much to leave you where you are. And he's going to always be pushing you forward. So maybe you are, if you're in the multiply stage, you're currently now investing in people, pouring your life into people. Here's my encouragement to you. Man, stay at it. Trust Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Endure uh, as Jesus endured. And God is using you in an incredible way. If you are in the growth phase right now, maybe you're being trained, you're in this process of training, I'd say, man, give yourself fully to the accountability. Embrace that. Embrace the uh, rise in commitment level and, and really be equipped well. But remember that there comes a cost in really investing your life. And don't let that keep you from what God has for you. If you are in the connect phase, or maybe you're not even quite in the connect phase, maybe you haven't joined the church, then do that. If you're not in a group, then please get into a group. If you're not serving, then serve, but you've got to make some decisions. Hey, I need to get these things done in order for me to move forward. This is what God wants for me, to fully embrace that and embrace the community that God has for you. This is a healthy place for you to be. And if you are in the explore stage and you don't know Jesus, then your step is to say yes to him. To say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know Christ died for me. And just like Eddie in that pickup truck, I'm, I'm willing and I'm ready to give my life to Christ. In fact, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Won't you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And uh, maybe you're here and you say, Craig, I, I don't know for sure if I'm saved. I don't know that I've truly given my life to Christ in a way that has changed me. But I want to. I want to be changed. Here's the gospel. You were created by God to know him. But your sin has separated you from God. And not only is your sin separated from you from God, but because of your sin, there's a judgment over your head. It says, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But somebody's got to pay because of the sin that you've committed. But here's the good news. Here's the gospel. When we could not pay that sin debt, when we were hopeless and helplessly far from God, cut off and separated from Him, Jesus came and Jesus showed us the Father, and he went to a cross, and on the cross he died, and he paid the sin debt you owed. He paid it in full with his own life. He was buried, he rose again on the third day, and he offers forgiveness to you now. If you will turn to him in saving faith, if you'll cry out to him that he will forgive you, he'll change you, he'll save you, he'll fill you with his spirit to live and walk with him to know him.
just as you were created to know him. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus right now. This may be your only opportunity that you have. So listen, if, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't push it off to later. If you hear his voice now, if he's speaking to you now, embrace him now. Heads bowed. If you want me to include you in that prayer of saving faith, you need Christ, just lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to call you out, but I will see your hand and I will know that God's moving in your heart and I'll lead you in a prayer right where you're seated to trust Jesus. So right now, just lift up your hand. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ in my life. I'm unsure of my spiritual condition. I need Jesus. Just lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. All right. All right, lift it up. One more, okay? All right, Pastor, pray for me. All right, thank you. Okay, you can put your hand down now. Just right where you are, just pray the simple prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know I've sinned against you. I know that I've lost my way. But I believe Jesus died on a cross for me. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And so I'm asking you now, please forgive me. Please make me a new person. Please fill me with your spirit. Today, I choose to follow you. To follow you all the days of my life. And Lord, I thank you, God, for your goodness to us, Lord. Thank you so much for, for these clear stages of growth. And Father, Lord, I just pray for every person here that's maybe stuck. Maybe they're stuck exploring. Maybe they're stuck in that connect phase or they haven't fully developed that. Or maybe, maybe they're, they're stuck in the, in the growth phase. They've been trained, but they've not multiplied or reproduced their life. God, I pray that in every stage where we're stuck, Lord, that you would help us by the power of your Spirit to take the next step. Lord, urge us forward. Lord, prompt us forward. Lord, move us forward so that we become that mature disciple that knows and follows you. And we grow in the likeness of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.